Today on the Win Daily Show, I have Nick Solsky, president of Monkey Knife Fight, partner of Win Daily. Nick, how you doing today, man? I'm good, Michael. Well done with my last name. You already Thank you already you. scored a point in my book, man. It only took three or four times, but we got there, man. We got there. Appreciate your time today. So, yeah, man, excited to talk a little bit about Monkey Knife Fight, what you guys do, how you guys have partnered up with us over here at the Win at Win Daily and the team. Uh, but the first question I have for everybody is, what does it mean to you to win daily? It's an interesting question to ask me. Um, you know, I'll be completely candid. I'm a pretty open book about things. Um, you know, when I look at life, um, everything for me is also shaded on the fact that I've been battling non-Hodgkin's lymphoma for about 10 years. So the reality is non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, for those of you that aren't aware, is cancer. It's a very, um, you know, when it comes to the, the spectrum of that un, you know, unfortunate disease, it's, it's kind of the best, right? Um, effectively, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma is more, is, is more akin to a chronic disease. You know, it's something that will never be cured. But that being said, it's also not necessarily as aggressive as some of the other forms of cancer. So for me, winning daily is keeping my head on straight, right? It's getting through every moment of every day, making sure my health stays you know, as optimal as possible. I have a very strict diet regime. I have a very strict exercise regime. And psychologically, what I've learned is, you know, happiness and positivity is as important as kind of conventional Western medicine, in my opinion, to maintaining kind of an even keel from a health perspective. So of course, you know, every day, you know, work is very busy and you want to be successful. You want to, uh, you know, move the ball down the field to use a sports vernacular with, with monkey knife fight and, and with other, you know, with other things in my life. But, you know, for me personally, it's, it's waking up and, and having, uh, you know, a level of, of, of calm and positivity throughout my day, because, you know, ultimately, being the president of a growing company, I spend a lot of my day talking to people like yourself and to my team and to potential business partners. Uh, and so the reality is uh, that communication and that um, tone that I deal with and that I have to kind of put forth is how, is, is how I survive. I'm not a developer. I don't code. I talk. So the reality is, you know, maintaining a level of, of, of um, you know, comfort and positivity in my kind of moment to moment life is, is quite frankly, the only way that I can win daily to bring it back to your question. Mm -hmm. Well, man, I mean, you know, thank you again for being open and, as you said, candid, honest, intimate with us. I really do appreciate it. It's always good to kind of hear, you know, what everyone's going through because we never really know who is going through what at what time. So I appreciate you being open with us there. And I, I totally agree. Positivity is the best way to live. I mean, negativity doesn't do anything except make things worse. Well, and, and you know, and speaking to that, yes, and, and bullshit. Like, I, the reason why I, you know, I live my life, I put all my cards on the table uh, with everyone, with my wife, with my, my daughter, with, with, you know, the people that work on my team, and with all partners. You know, you, there is no, there's no need to waste time with bullshit. So my belief is you throw it all out there. I mean, geez, you know, you and Jason, your partner in Win Daily, as we've been working together, it's always been cards on the table. You know, unfortunately, you know, during this pandemic, you know, it's been a hard time for everyone in the sports space. I've had many conversations with partners where it's like, listen, you know, things are tough. We're all in this together. But the reality is when revenue drives up because there's no real sports on the field, 
you know, it's an impact to us and our bottom line. It's an impact to you because you have less content to engage your partners with. But ultimately, when cash flows are, are leaner, everyone needs to be, you know, proactive and pragmatic about what their expectations are. We all want to keep the lights on, but we all need to understand that maybe we're not going to be going out there and affording, you know, we're not going to go out for that $400 steak dinner this week. You know, it's, you know, it, it sounds like an odd sacrifice, but the reality is one, we want to keep all of our employees employed. We want to keep all of our, our users engaged and we want to keep all of our partners happy, but we're all in this together. Right. hundred percent, man. And it's, it's, it's the weirdest time in human history, um, or at least my human history. I don't think we've ever done this really ever before. Considering <laughs> yeah, how I, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if this is much weirder than like the bubonic plague or things like that. Human history has definitely dealt with things a little bit more more you know crazier than 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 covid covid's horrible but ultimately but no sports i think well no sports but i think social media and the way that we consume news excuse me has definitely heightened all of our perceptions on how dramatic covid is covid is it's it's horribly bad um i'm not trying to downplay that but i do think that you know i think we have to take the impact on human civilization with a bit of a grain of salt yes no sports sucks but hey there wasn't televised sports 60, 70 years ago, whatever it is, right? So, yeah. I mean, hey. I mean, the NBA finals used to be on tape delay in the 80s. So, I mean, Dude. we're not too far away from Dude, that. Dude, I so. remember that. I'm, I'm old. <laughs> I'm not that old. So, I don't remember it. I just kind of, uh, I have that one in the bank whenever I'm talking to people that are a little older than me. But it's just crazy when you think about it. And, and yes, of course, I know human history is crazy. But let's be honest, history is really just your lifetime, right? That's the only part of it I care about because that's the part I've been alive for. I'm really egotistical, but I feel like everybody has that from time to time. So I guess, again, thank you again for really being open and honest with us and candid. And as you said, no bullshit. Like, we're not here to BS. We're here. Everyone's in this together. We're all trying to get through this. And we will eventually get through this. Sports will be back. We don't know when, but we will. We do know we're going to be back, and we're excited for it. And until then, we press on. So I do want to hear more about your story, though. So Sure. Monkey and I fight's a really interesting company. We do a lot of prop plays, but I'm curious, how did you get into the fantasy sports prop play sports gambling side of the market? Um, was you, were you like 18, 19, just started, you know, had some cash to throw around. How exactly did that story start? No, man, I've been involved in the fantasy industry for almost, uh, gosh, how old am I now? For almost 20 years. It's funny. I was, uh, I, I live up in Canada. I live in Toronto. I was making, uh, TV shows and movies up here. Um, and I was doing a sports talk show uh, up in Canada on, on TSN, which is effectively the Canadian ESPN. And there was a talk show called Off the Record. And this was like a panel talk show. And uh, years ago, years and years ago, I started doing that sports talk show um, because I was on television and whatever. And I, and I used to play rugby at a very high level. So, and I was also a sports freak. This was this was kind of mid two thousands, and I started getting pretty pretty into fantasy fantasy football and fantasy you know fantasy sports. Um, as luck would have it, the producer of that show was also a big fantasy sports fan, and this is before kind of fantasy sports. This is before daily fantasy sports, before everything kind of exploded. But it was starting to get more and more popular, and so the producer of that show, off the record, and I decided to pitch. TSN, um, a fantasy sports show. So uh, they agreed. Um, it became the first online, the first broadband fantasy sports show, I believe there ever was. It was called the Fantasy Hockey Report. Of course, being in Canada, we started with hockey. And so we started doing the Fantasy Hockey Report, um, myself and, and my former 
partner, Scott Cullen, who now currently writes for The Athletic. So Scott and I started doing the fantasy hockey report. And then that started, it was only, you know, it was like a, you know, 10 minute show online once a week on tsn.ca. You know, super fun. Um, but that, that started, you know, that started me thinking about how fantasy sports and conventional media would play with one another. I was always, and I still am a big believer that fantasy sports is a complement to, uh, to sports to sports broadcast. And that got me thinking about kind of the companion experiences and the second screen and third screen now. And I, I then founded a startup called InGamer, which was a free to play fantasy product. And this was like 2009, 2010. It was a free to play fantasy sports product that you can play while you're watching uh, sports on TV. So you would pick five players, then you could change your players during the game that you were watching uh, and you'd score points in real time and all this sort of thing. Um, built that startup, got it funded, uh, licensed it to a bunch of media companies. It was attached to Hockey Night in Canada, which is the longest sports broadcasted show in the world, uh, you know, ever. Um, you know, the reality with that was it was a free to play game. And this was, this was just before FanDuel and DraftKings started, or FanDuel started, really. Um, FanDuel being, I believe, the first of the big daily fantasy sports companies, because DraftKings only got big when they bought Draft Street, if you remember mm -hmm. correctly. Reading that um, book now, it's actually fantastic. Billion Dollar oh, Fantasy. It's yeah, awesome. no, I haven't read it. Oh, it's good. Okay, I'll, I'll take that suggestion. That's great. So, you know, the reality that I, that I lived through was, you know, we built a fantasy sport a real-time fantasy sports companion experience but it was a free-to-play product relying on a license fee model with media companies coming from media world it made all the sense in the world well broadcast value is x if you can add digital value on top of it well now it's x plus you know y the challenge is defining that why. So we as a startup was requiring a license fee from broadcasters. Broadcasters at the same time would need to make money off of that. And so they would need to go and sell that digital experience to a sponsor. Logically, it made all the sense in the world. It was a sexy story, second screen experience, fantasy sports and all of that. But from a sponsor's perspective, all they give a shit about are eyeballs. And so then it becomes a chicken and the egg syndrome where sponsors like, yes, we love the idea. What are the eyeballs? The broadcasters like, well, there's no eyeballs because we're just building that. And the sponsors like, okay, well, we'll give you, you know, why divided by four until you build the eyeballs up. But being a bootstrap, being a startup, we need money to keep the lights on. So, you know, it became an unfortunate cycle where your expectations are the value is why, but you can actually only sell it for a fraction of the or broadcasters were only able to sell it for a fraction of the price until the eyeballs got there. So unless you are a startup that could literally exist for two years, uh, making a very nominal amount from a media company, you were, you're, you're screwed. Mm -hmm. So the free to play licensing model. And I've said this to many, you know, many, many other startup founders have come to me asking for advice and I've spoken on lots of panels and that's the unfortunate reality. If you're going to do a free to play game, you know, unless you have a you know, runway of a couple years, you're fucked. Don't, don't bother. Oh, sorry. Am I like swearing on this? Eh, we'll sorry. I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a You're good. Mouth. Honesty I'll, again. I'll, I, I'll, I like it. I appreciate I'll do, I'll, it. I'll, I'll, I'll do my best. I'll do my best. Um, so, you know, the reality is the, 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 the 
free-to-play license model as much logically as it makes sense because yes there is value added to broadcast and digital value that any sports broadcaster has it takes a long time to achieve the critical mass to be able to sell that to a sponsor to be able to then recoup the type of money Mm -hmm. you need to make a lot of money so unfortunately that startup didn't succeed the way that i wanted it to but then i got recruited into a regulated gaming company that was uh, a UK-based regulated gaming company that was trying to figure out how to get a piece of the emerging daily fantasy sports market. This was in the early, you know, 2010s, early 20-teens. Excuse me. So I joined this company and uh, tried to help them figure out how to take their regulated licensed gaming model, they were in the horse racing Mm -hmm. space, and get get into the daily fantasy sports space. So um, figured out that, you know, at, at this time, FanDuel and DraftKings was exploding, but the regulated gaming operators, effectively the casinos, they were dying to get into daily fantasy sports, but they couldn't touch it because they could not, um, they couldn't jeopardize their gaming licenses to get into daily fantasy sports because quite frankly, it's, it was a gray area mm-hmm. and it still is. So like daily yeah. fantasy sports is not legal across the U.S. So, you know, the casino operators are trying to figure out, you know, you know, let's face it, back in the 20 teens, people were still um, uh, confident that at some point PASPA, was, PASPA would be repealed. And, excuse me, that would, that would allow for sports gambling to become legalized. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, it's, it's, it's happened and we're starting to see that momentum and that, and that evolution. But back in the 20 teens... Um, it, it still was a was a hope, right? And the casino operators weren't willing to jeopardize their gaming licenses to make a bet, no pun intended, <laughs> into the daily fantasy sports space. And so, um, what we what we decided to do was to uh, try and acquire a daily fantasy sports operator, and then pivot that business model into being a B two B marketing provider, which would allow regulated casinos to then partner with us but then we would effectively be the operator of a daily fantasy sports white label liquidity shared shared liquidity network Mm -hmm. so it would protect them it would protect these regulated casinos from jeopardizing the gaming licenses because they would effectively have a relationship with a excuse me a third party us being being the operator and they would effectively just be a marketing it would be a marketing skin um so we've put together this strategy, got a lot of buy-in from some of the top casinos in the U S. Um, and then, uh, I was a part of a group that went and acquired, um, draft day, which at the time was one of the bigger daily fantasy sports companies. So we acquired draft day. I became the, the president of draft day. And then we worked toward pivoting their business. So the deal to acquire draft day closed in September of 2015. And if you remember, and if all of your listeners remember what happened in October of 2015, keep going. Think think about what happened in the daily fantasy sports space around October of 2015. Is that when they were trying to merge? This is the Ethan Haskell moment. Do you remember oh, that? Oh yes, this gentleman was. He was working he at was one the, of them, and he was the yes. employee of FanDuel, who won a DraftKings contest, or an employee mm-hmm. of DraftKings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And at that moment, the New York Attorney General deemed daily fantasy sports illegal sports gambling. So, th- so if you can ima- if you can appreciate the position that, that we were in as a company, we acquired Draft Day in September of 2015 with a bunch of casinos ready to rock with this B2B strategy, and then Ethan Haskell scandal breaks in October, 
in November, the New York Attorney General deems daily fantasy sports illegal sports gambling. Every single casino said, nope, can't do, can't do the deal now. Yep. Love you guys, can't do the deal. Mm. So we've just acquired draft day. We've just put all of our time and energy into building out this new strategy. And then all of a sudden, crickets, because no one could touch it. Needless to say, that was a, that was a bad couple months, man. Um, but what we did was we pivoted and looked internationally ended up creating a partnership in Australia with a company called Crown Bet, which is one of the biggest digital gambling companies, sports gambling companies there. Um, ended up partnering with them and worked together to launch a company called Draft Stars, which at the time was a very, uh, it, it became one of the biggest daily fantasy sports sites really in the world. I mean, it didn't have a lot of presence in North America because it was focused on Australian rules football. And it was, you know, it was very big in NBA, but obviously it was an Australian based company, but they were spending millions and millions and millions of dollars in marketing and they were starting to grow, which was great. It was good for draft day. And then at the same time, I was looking at other kind of demographics, other industries that might be interested in a daily fantasy sports white label, knowing that it was still very gray. You know, this is, you know, this was a very odd time in the realm of daily fantasy sports. And so, you know, started looking at, um, you know, other, other industries, other segments. One of them was the adult entertainment industry because, you know, they're online, you know, male oriented, male dominated young people. And most importantly, they take their credit cards out and they, they're comfortable spending stuff online. And, and so in my travels, I was able to get introduced to Vivid Entertainment, which at the time was one of the biggest adult entertainment companies out there. And then eventually I was, I was fortunate enough to uh, be introduced to their owner, a guy by the name of Bill Asher. And Bill and I started talking and, you know, it became very clear that Bill and I shared a very strong um, perspective on the industry and, and two very important things. I mean, the first that we both believed that sports gambling was an inevitability. We thought that it was a matter of when, not if. Uh, and this was, we, you know, Bill and I really started, you know, talking a lot, call it 20, you know, 2016. Um, the other most important thing that Bill and I agreed on was that the classic daily fantasy sports model, the classic daily fantasy sports product, the classic daily fantasy sports industry was broken. It was very clear to both of us at the time that a vast majority of the money was won by a very small percentage of the people. I mean, I've been a fantasy sports player, mostly season long my entire life. Um, love it. I'm, I'm, geez, I'm addicted to best ball baseball drafts right now. I'm not one for plugging other sites, but mm -hmm. there's a couple sites out there that offer best ball baseball drafts. And I'm, I'm addicted because like, I love drafts and they're slow drafts. So it takes place over like four. I just like, I love drafts and it gives me, me too, man. Anyway. I love as much as I work for a DFS company and, and help over here season longs. I mean, that was the first thing I fell in love with. Right? That's how I got into super, it. Super fun. And, and the problem that I always had with daily fantasy sports is, you know, obviously I've, I've been an operator in the space. So I, I've, I've been able to see behind the curtain more mm -hmm. so than your kind of classic fan. You know, I've known that math algorithms and scripts and professional players and sharks and po and ex-poker players. Mm -hmm. I mean, the reality is when Black Friday happened, the poker players went to DFS, right? I mean, that's just what, that's how they made their money. Um, so I knew that it was nearly impossible for the casual sports fan to win anything in daily fantasy sports. But the casual sports fan, quite frankly, probably didn't know. And a lot of them liked the idea of trying to win a million dollars. They love their million makers. So at the end of the day, you have like, you have no chance of winning. Like literally, unless you're entering hundreds of contests and you have your scripts and you're like, you're, you're, 
you're better off just buying a, a buying a lottery ticket. You know, quite mm-hmm. frankly, so you don't have to you don't have to deal with the sweat, and you're not paying twenty five bucks for a, for a freaking lottery ticket. So, ultimately, Bill and I both shared that perspective that the casual sports fan and the local team fan were left out in the cold. Unless you really understand, unless you, I mean, yes, you could use math and math, you know, math algorithms and scripts, but if you're not going to do that, if you were a casual daily fantasy sports player and you weren't aware of every single player on every single team and every single matchup and every single variable and every single weather, uh, you know, potential, every single, every, every single injury report, you really were putting yourself in an unfavorable position from an op- from a chance to win. So Bill and I started talking and we started thinking like, how can we create a daily fantasy sports experience that was more casual, that was more akin to the sports fan. I live in Toronto. So can I, how can I, you know, if I, I know who the Raptors are playing tonight. So I know the Raptors are playing the, you know, the Knicks. So I know what players, uh, you know, and I'm listening to sports radio in the morning, um, you know, I'm online looking at the matchup. So I know my Raptors, my favorite players. I know Pascal Siakam and Fred Van Vliet, but, you know, I don't know every single player, but because I'm, I'm in tune and getting ready for tonight's game, I know they're playing the Knicks. So I know which players are probably going to play. I know who they're kind of who the stars are. So how can I create an experience to make the casual sports fan who wants to watch their favorite team? How do I make that experience better? And that's when we started looking at, at, you know, we started looking at Ugia. Ugia is the, um, uh, there's a fan daily, there's a fantasy sports carve out in Ugia, which is the unlawful unlawful internet engagement gaming app, whatever the heck it's for. I forget exactly the acronym. But anyway, that's what, that's what makes daily fantasy sport legal in a game of skill, which is why we can all operate. As we started looking at that, we started talking, we started trying to figure out other types of game styles that would fit under the, uh, fit, fit within the carve out, which would allow us to operate and to operate for real money. And then we started thinking, okay, like, why can't we create games? And this was after FanDuel and DraftKings had started doing Super Bowl games. So they were doing single event mm-hmm. games. And so we started thinking, well, why can't we do single event games for every single game? Um, and, and how can we make it so the, the casual sports fan doesn't have to pick, you know, 10 players and deal with salary caps and deal with sharks. And that's what brought us into this kind of prop style of daily fantasy sports. And so Bill and I, I decided to leave draft day in uh, June, June of 2017, uh, started working with Bill uh, July of 2017 you know, and, and, you know, Bill, Bill is a, is, is a, is a very successful entrepreneur. He's now one of the biggest commercial real estate developers on the West coast. He owns tons of bars and restaurants. Um, so he allocated, you know, he, he committed, you know, uh, numbers of millions of dollars to testing out this new type of product idea. Um, we ended up, you know, fast forward to to football season of 2018. We had spent a year testing, developing, figuring things out, playing around with different brand ideas. Came about, excuse me, came came to the Monkey Knife Fight name, the Monkey Knife Fight brand. Of course, we loved it. We wanted it to stand out. You know, you hear Monkey Knife Fight, you're not going to forget it. You know, you you see our logo, which is amazing. I believe it's one of the best logos out there. Um, you don't forget it. Um, you know, Bill and I both believe that there's never been a culturally relevant gaming brand out there. You know, you don't see people walking around with DraftKings or FanDuel t-shirts on or DraftKings or FanDuel hats on. Well, people love our, 
people love our swag. People love our t-shirts. People love our hats. People love our bobbleheads. Like we believe that there's a, there's a massive opportunity in, in, the, in, in the way our brand is being positioned to really break through and be, like I say, a, a culturally relevant brand. Anyway, so we launched, we ended up launching Monkey Knife Fight in September of 2018. And our plan was just to build awareness. Like, oh, let's get a name out there. We put up some fun billboards in different places and all that kind of stuff. We didn't really think that there, that our product was going to take off until kind of September of 2019. Well, um, November, December of 2018, we started doing some work with uh, Facebook and the Real Money Gaming team. We started... We started working with some affiliates, um, including WinDaily, um, or sorry, I guess WinDaily was a little bit later because I don't think you guys had founded by December of 2018, but, but we, you know, Jason was thinking about things. And so, you know, Jason knew about Monkey Knife from a very early, from a very early point, but we did some affiliate deals with some of the kind of classic DFS affiliates out there that I won't mention because this is a WinDaily podcast. Um, and, and it just, shit just started taking off. Like Bill and I talk about it like drinking from a fire hose. I mean, we were, we were six full-time people in December of 2018. Um, and, and it, everything just exploded. It was a crazy, crazy, crazy time. Um, we, we kind of survived through the Super Bowl, uh, Super Bowl 2019. And then, you know, Bill and I were like, okay, we, we took a deep breath with everyone on our team. We then we had to analyze everything. We had to figure out what just happened, how to get better for the following football season. We started hiring people. Um, we needed to build up our team, build up our product. You know, we had the core product, of course, but we didn't, you know, we, we then we started developing other sports like WNBA and NASCAR and, and, and eSports. Um, and then September 2019, or sorry, September of uh, 2020 for this last football season, and then everything just really exploded. Like, holy crap. Um, so, I mean, we've done, you know, we've done over $40 million of, of entry fees. Now we have 36 full-time employees. We, you know, we won this year, we won the, you know, the FSGA disruptor of the year. We won rookie of the year. We just got nominated as fantasy sports operator of the year for the EGR awards, which is pretty much the biggest kind of online gaming mm -hmm. award there is. Um, so, you know, things have been extraordinarily exciting for us at Monkey Knife Fight. We're, we, we are the third biggest now. I mean, you know, ultimately we're growing faster than kind of anybody out there. You know, FanDuel and DraftKings are still massive, but they're, they're really fixated and focused on their, on, on their sports betting product. And to be completely candid, if you're a daily fantasy sports player, or if you're a sport, or I should say that, if you're a sports fan, if you're a sports fan and you haven't played FanDuel or DraftKings yet, you know, quite frankly, my belief is you're probably not going to. Exactly. Because yep. you're inundated with so much advertising over the past five, six years, there's something that's held you back from FanDuel and DraftKings. Quite frankly, Monkey Knife Fight is a completely different experience. Monkey Knife Fight doesn't, you know, it, it allows you to have fun playing with your favorite teams, playing with your favorite players, and not playing against sharks and pros. Um, you know, you, if you correctly predict your you explain, yeah, explain exactly. Like I've, I've used it, obviously being over yeah. here, I've played with it, especially on the Super Bowl. explain what it is and how it works. Um, I appreciate this incredible story too. So I, I apologize for cutting you off, but yeah, no, just explain man. exactly how it works. If you don't mind. No, no, no. So a monkey knife fight is, uh, I mean, quite frankly, it's, it's, it's extraordinarily easy to play. Our, our most popular contest is something we call more or less. And so the way that it works is you come to the site. Um, you, know, you could do two player more or less contests, two out of two, all the way up to, you know, eight out of eight um, for, sp for specific sports and specific events. You know, two out of two, if you predict, if you correctly predict both of these 
player, you know, props, you're going to win three times your, your buy-in. And the way that it works is, you know, we'll use, uh, we'll use, you know, basketball because it's the most recent example. If the Lakers are playing the Raptors, you know, you'd have LeBron James, you know, more or less 28 and a half points and maybe Pascal Siakam more or less nine and a half rebounds. If you, if you predict both correctly, you're guaranteed to win your, win your money. You know, there's a lot of technology in the background. You know, basically what we do is mm-hmm. we're, we'll take people's picks and we'll match them up against someone who has the exact opposite picks of, uh, as you. And then effectively the winner of that matchup wins. And then if you don't, if in the system there isn't someone that has the exact opposite picks that you have, then you're placed in the pool with everybody else um, that, that, that is kind of unmatched to another user. But, uh, but the reality is if you correctly pick the, the uh, props right, you're guaranteed to win your money. Mm-hmm. So we call it kind of the pick matching engine, but it's complicated on our back end. It's taken, taken us a long time to kind of figure out how to build that, build that out properly. But, um, but the reality is we want, to give, uh, we want to give users an experience that's extraordinarily easy to understand um, and, and fun to play. And we have like a, a number of different types of games. We have a, a, a <clears throat> we have a contest type called Rapid Fire, where instead of taking LeBron James and Pascal Siakam, you'd have Le, LeBron James versus Pascal Siakam in points. And in that situation, Pascal Siakam would probably be given what four and a half points. Mm-hmm. And then you'd have you know Rajon Rondo and Fred Van Vliet um, battling for assists, and probably you know Rondo would. You know, Rondell would probably, well, actually, you know, probably in that situation, probably pretty close. Maybe, you know, Freddie would probably have a plus half a, half an assist. Mm-hmm. And again, rapid fire, we go from kind of two-player matchups up to up to six. And then we have kind of, we call them stat challenge contests. But as an example, when baseball season comes back, all the contests got home run derby, where in any individual game, you'll pick three players, any three players in an individual game, and then you'll be given options of goals. So like half a, half, a, half a home run, one and a half home runs, two and a half home runs. So if those three players hits one of those goals, you'll have a specific prize that you can win. So you can select the prize you want to go for. If you want to mm. go for two and a half home runs amongst three players, more power to you. You, know, you can win up to, I believe it's like uh, five times your buy-in or something. Mm-hmm. Like or maybe 10 times your buy-in actually for that. Um, so, you know, we've, we have lots of different contests across all the different sports. And, and I think we're, we're knock on wood going to be launching MMA in time for the... I was going to say, yeah, some fight. stuff's coming up. <laughs> totally. Like, we, we haven't launched MMA yet, but we're working on it. Our fingers are crossed. But, of course, um, we've had esports. We, we've had esports. We, we built esports last year, League of Legends and Counter-Strike. Um, you know, a big believer. I'm a big believer in the potential that esports has to offer. Um, you know, the... Esports DFS is a very new category. Um, there isn't a lot of data uh, yet, but esports gambling is is quite big. And quite frankly, you know, um, ultimately, it's 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 a digital audience. And I'm always a big proponent in users who exist in the digital realm being able to transfer it into a gaming experience to enhance, you know, that digital engagement um, to make it a little bit more fun. So. You know, we had launched League of Legends and Counter-Strike about a year ago. And quite frankly, with the other sports that were being played, it wasn't a priority for us to be quite, you know, quite candid. I mean, when you have some of the, you know, the, you have, you know some of the other bigger sports playing, you know, that's where you're, you're spending a lot of your marketing dollar. That's where you're spending a lot of your, your development time and your resources. Well, you know, obviously during 
during this pandemic, it's it's provided us an opportunity to really focus on esports, and it's really exciting. It's it's growing faster than I could have imagined. We have mm-hmm. more of our classic sports players playing uh, playing esports than I than I thought than I ever thought. We're talking to a lot of the biggest esports organizations. We just did a deal with uh, we don't we don't support Fortnite on our platform, but what we've done is we've started building free to play games. Um, so as an example, we launched a partnership with a company called Soar Gaming to launch a Fortnite series. Um, it's free to play, free to enter. Uh, you go to MKF, mkfesports.com, you'll find that free to play game uh, for the cash cup tournaments, I believe they're called. Um, and, you know, so, you know, testing a lot of that stuff, we're doing, we're going to be doing uh, some free to play games for the NFL draft can't take real money on NFL mm-hmm. draft, but we're going to offer a bunch of just fun free to play NFL prop draft uh, contests because we want to engage. We want to keep our, our fans having a good time. We want to engage our users. Um, and then we're also exploring some other partnerships. We're launch- where we're announcing a major partnership with another massive esports organization next week um, to really lean this into. This won't come out for a little while if you want to tell me now and then I'll oh i mean we're, no i'm kidding i'm kidding i'm kidding i'm kidding i'm kidding i'm kidding i'm sorry i thought no, i'd, no, I'd, it's, it's I'd shoot, shoot from the hip see what happens yeah yeah no no i'm not gonna we have a you're good. The, the press release goes out next week. you're good you're good you're good uh i i remember i used to i used to be on tv so you you media people can't get to me you're perfect man no and i think again you know thank you for that i mean that was all Usually I, I ask questions during these, but I don't need to because you gave me all the information. So I think you're yeah, sorry, perfect. I talk, no, no, no. You told me you're going to do this and I'm totally okay with it because you got all to, right, cool. no one's here to listen to me, man. That's not the whole point of an interview. They're here to listen to you. So you did the, the, the perfect job. And I think first I do want to say, I think it is, um, I don't think it's quite ironic, but it's awesome how everything has come full circle where you're doing free to play games again. Uh, do, do you see <laughs> yeah, that? Like a little, yeah, little yeah, laughter yeah. in that. Um, but I understand why you do it. And I, I guess like with, with gambling, with prop plays, with all these things, obviously prop plays come from at least where everybody started doing them was the Super Bowl, right? Everything with prop plays comes from, mm-hmm. um, you know, touchdowns for Tom Brady, you know, Patrick Mahomes and Jimmy Garoppolo, do they go over or under 550 yards? Like totally, like everything comes from there. Why do you think it took so long for prop plays to leave the Super Bowl and start coming into just everyday games? Because they're still fun. It's still enjoyable. People still love to do them. But for some reason, as culturally awesome as they are, we only do it one time a year. I think it's great that now we have more opportunities to do them outside of the Super Bowl. Um, I think there's a lot of reasons for that. I mean, I think one, the technology. I mean, in order to be able to in order to be able to run a daily fantasy sports contest, you need to have really great real-time data, period. Right. Um, so obviously that that's taken time to evolve. Um, but when it comes to props and why it took a long time for a daily fan, and we're not the only one, there's a couple other daily mm-hmm. fantasy sports companies that, that offer prop contests. You know, I think that one of the reasons why it took time is, I can't think of the right analogy, but, you know, daily fantasy sports is the classic conventional form of daily fantasy sports as we know it was conceived after the UGA carve-out was written. Okay. So the, the carve-out was really based on season-long fantasy sports. So FanDuel, DraftKings, and the other DFS, conventional DFS companies, I used conventional salary cap, same thing. Mm-hmm. Conventional DFS companies, they then looked at UGA and created 
DFS, you know, conventional daily fantasy sports. So they interpreted UGA and they figured out the way to make it legal, most likely to be completely candid, to make it comfortable for payment processors and for other brands to work with us. If you can't get money into the system, there is no system. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think for a lot of people, they just assumed that there's season long and there's daily and that was it. I think it took a long time for people to step back and say, wait a second, if FanDuel and DraftKings and the other daily fantasy sports companies can interpret UGA this way, could there be other interpretations that open up the door to other product innovation? Innovation is hard, right? So I I think it takes some forward thinking in sitting back and saying, huh, what about this? Um, and, And so, you know, I think it was, it, I think it just took time for, for props and the, the idea that, that, uh, that daily fantasy prop style contests <clears throat> would fit under UGA. Um, and that, uh, I think it just took time. And we did, we did a game of skill analysis to prove that, that our style of daily fantasy sports is in fact a game of skill. Mm-hmm. You know, we work with some of the best lawyers, some of the, you know, some of the best people in the industry just to make sure that what we were doing was a completely, you know, it was completely legal. Uh, we work with the best payment processors, the best banks in the space. You know, it, it, it takes a lot of time and quite frankly, it takes a lot of money. You know, there are a number of other, you know, prop style daily fantasy sports companies out there. But, you know, a lot of people have asked me, like, why is Monkey Knife Fight exploded while some of these others haven't quite gotten over that hump? You know, one of the reasons is we're funded. You know, we're funded by a risk taking entrepreneur. So, you know, we as a team are able to go out there and do things that some of these other companies aren't able to do. You know, we're able to excite partners in ways that, you know, you know, straight up, some of these other companies might not be able to do. Mm-hmm. Um, we can buy advertising on Facebook that, quite frankly, some of these companies aren't able to do. So, you know, it's not necessarily who's first. Um, you know, Google didn't invent search. You've heard this a billion times before, right? So we weren't the first prop fantasy company out there, but I think we were the first prop fantasy company that had our suite of games. Mm-hmm. We were the first daily fantasy company that had a brand quite as exciting as Monkey Knife Fight is. Um, so I think we just kind of hit the perfect storm while we had a very successful, I mean, an extraordinarily successful serial media entrepreneur who was excited about building something um, and, you know, I was lucky enough to be able to find incredible people to add to our team. You know, we also, Monkey Knife Fight, we work, I think, unlike a lot of other companies work, you know, we are 100% remote, um, which ironically has kind of helped us also within this pandemic. You know, we're, we're 37 full-time people now. Um, I haven't met face-to-face and a vast majority of the people on our team. I mean, we, we talk with this, we meet all of the but. Um, so we're, we're very used to this, but, you know, we also run our organization, you know, I use this, you know, I use this analogy a lot, especially with my team is I don't know if you're familiar with the sport rugby. Um, 
I'm an ex-rugby player. I believe in the philosophy of a rugby union team. Rugby union, rugby for a lot of, you know, for a lot of the listeners who probably don't know, there, there aren't a lot of whistles. There aren't, and there aren't plays. I mean, there are plays, sorry, but it's not like football where you have 30 seconds, you have your one job and that's what you do. In rugby, in order for a team to successfully score a try, which is a touchdown, um, your entire team needs to work as one. You need to be, you need to understand what your responsibility is, but what the responsibility of every other team member on your team is because it's a running clock. So if somebody on your team falls down, if somebody on your team gets tackled and can't get up fast enough, you need to be able to work collectively to, um, you, know, you, you need to be able to, to compensate for that. You need to work as one. You need to communicate extraordinarily efficiently. You need to be comfortable with potentially doing jobs that may not be your, you know, your, your, you know, in your, in your skill set necessarily. You need to be able to be comfortable to morph your kind of daily routine to be able to help the company move forward. And I think we've, we've hired some incredible people. We have an amazing team. And quite frankly, hey, if there are any people, any developers out there who, uh, any, any good backer or full stack developers out there who are looking at an exciting career in daily fantasy sports, honestly, careers at monkeyknifefight.com, do not be shy. See, Michael, I, 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 my, other, my other philosophy of life is if you don't ask, you don't get. Um, in the reality is, more. you know, it's similar to something that Wayne Gretzky said. I think it was Wayne Gretzky. You know, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. So, you know, if you don't ask, you don't get. What's the worst thing that's going to happen, right? Someone's going to say no. Oh, damn. If right back started. Yeah, that's right. If you can't take no for an answer, like, just stop. Like, just, just you know, you're not going to be an entrepreneur, right? I mean, you're, agree. You're, and you're not going to be in an entrepreneurial setting. So, you know, I'm a big believer. Don't ask, you don't get to, Hey, any great developers out there? Hey, we're always looking for great people. <laughs> I love it, man. Hey, you got to plug it. Why not? Right. What's the, as you said, what's the worst thing that can happen? You, you get to have a nice conversation with me, I guess. That's the worst part of your day so far. So I there think, you go. Uh, and, and, and speaking about plugging, Oh my God, I've gone, I've gone almost over half an hour without actually Go to monkeyknifefight.com and it's a free $5 game when you sign up and you can play Counter-Strike right now. You can play League of Legends right now. Um, and of course, uh, I believe Win Daily is one of our great affiliates. So I will not, I will not step on your promo code, Michael. What is the, is the Win Daily promo code? Win Daily? I would imagine. Pretty, pretty positive it's Win Daily, yes. Yeah, so if you, if you can sign up for free, you get a free $5 game. And if you use the promo code Win Daily, we're gonna match. We're gonna match your first deposit, a hundred percent, up to fifty bucks. So look at that. Do it, man. Not too bad. Free money. Free money to make more free money. money. Free money to make more who money, man. Who doesn't love free money? And I, I, I do want to get to the partnership a little bit. How? So as you've said, you've you've partnered with many different affiliates, such as Win Daily, and you're you know you're on these shows and you're doing a lot of different things. How did you and Jason come in contact? And how did you guys develop this relationship to to make sure that it is a Again, a partnership. Both of us are growing together. It's a, you know, I met Jason online. Jason is also a believer. You don't ask, you don't get. Um, if, if, funny enough, if you look at his amazing book, mm -hmm. I'm quoted. I, I actually have a quote on the back cover of that book. No way. I've read it. I guess I didn't read it that hard. <laughs> well, you didn't read the back of the book. Right? <laughs> Maybe that's what you it didn't was. Read the book. Why don't it read is back? Kindle. I do have it on a Kindle, so I really so don't think go. I'm reading the back of the book of a Kindle. But anyway. no. So, so I was. I mean, I met Jason years ago, um, just online, just you know, LinkedIn or or something, Twitter. I don't even know. I'm not a. I'm not a. I mean, I'm not a massive Twitter guy. I, I like it, but I'm I'm kind of busy and and 
it's I'm old, like I'm 45. So I think I'm a little bit older. I think, you know, anyway, and, and I'm not a, a sports content creator. Um, anyway, so I met Jason. I just really, Jason is a, is a phenomenal guy. I really liked his approach, his philosophy on life. And, and quite frankly, you know, we're sports guys and we like daily. Um, so, you know, he was kind enough to let me read some of his book and I thought it was amazing. Um, and as he was explaining what he was planning on doing with, with, with Wynn Daly and the site, obviously I loved it. I thought it was, you know, I thought, I think it's a, you know, it's a great concept, great content. He's assembling a great team. And I had no doubt that Jason being the person that he is would be able to assemble um, really awesome content creators and really build um, a, a spectacular site. So, you know, as Monkey Knife Fight was starting to expand with a number of affiliates, it was, it was a no brainer to start working with Jason and, you know, the way we work with affiliates. I mean, ultimately, yeah, we want new users. We want them to try and promote new users. And, you know, with affiliates, of course, there's, there's what's in it for them. You know, they're, they're, they get a piece of, you know, they get rewarded based on users that sign up. But, you know, with Monkey Knife, I, the, the priority for us is also keeping users engaged. So, you know, whenever we work with new affiliates, we really like to help. We help them. We want them to feel like their content um, can be used to drive more activity on mm -hmm. our site. And because our, our, because our games are very different from the classic FanDuel's and DraftKings overworld, um, because our games are more casual and more single game focused, just it opens up a whole nother area of kind of differentiated content for them to kind of break through. Because as you and I both know, there are hundreds of content sites out there, hundreds of daily fantasy sports and fantasy sports sites out there, you know, and there's only so many times you can read the same kind of matchup article mm -hmm. for the upcoming Millie maker. Right. So what MK, what Monkey what MKF does is it gives content partners, you know, a, a, um, kind of an anchor point to start crafting new unique content that quite frankly can appeal to that sports fan that might only really care about their favorite team and their favorite players. So, Hey, if, if I'm a, I'll you say it again, if I'm a Toronto Raptors fan and, and I like, I mean, I'm, I'm a big NBA guy and a big, I mean, I'm big in every sport, but you know, if I'm a big Raptors fan, yeah, I'm more likely to read an article that I see online that's focused on, you know, Fred Van Vliet and, and Norman Powell than I will be on, you know, uh, an article that's talking about the, you know, the, you know, the, 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 the second star mm -hmm. on the, on the Denver Nuggets, even though he is a Canadian, Jamal Murray. I was going to say, yeah, right. Yeah, everything to me comes back to Canadian and Passover. Happy Passover to all the, my fellow tribe uh, who are listening to this amazing podcast. Thank you for that. Um, I, uh, one time I have a friend who is the chef and he made me um, potato latkes and they were delicious. And that was, my, that was my Passover story. It also helps that, again, he's like a, a pretty great chef. Um, not as good of a friend, better chef. But um, yeah, man, I mean, this has been absolutely fantastic. I really appreciate you, you hanging out. And you know, I said it was going to be 20 minutes. Here we are 50 minutes later and I love every second of it. <laughs> Sorry about um, that. No, no, no. Again, I, I'll let these go as long as possible. As you're having fun and, and we're promoting both of our businesses and we can really get that out there. I, again, I think what you guys do is really, really interesting. And I wanted to hear the story behind it. The last question I have for you is the name, the brand. I mean, what were you guys doing that night when you came up with this stuff? Because that, I wish I was there, fly on the wall kind of thing. That must have been incredible. Um, Bill, the owner, and I were drinking. Um, 
you know, but he, he owns, he to owns get to monkey knife fight. Like I, I am, I am so curious, but some of the names were on the way and some of the names that came after it were you guys like, maybe we should scale that no, monkey knife know, fight works. Yeah. There were a bunch of names. I mean, the way that bill, the bill, bill lives in California. I live in Toronto. Um, so we weren't together when we were doing this. Uh, he uh, told me the story that how he names a lot of his bars and restaurants is sits there with his bar manager or whatever, and they drink and they just throw out names. Um, so we did that one night and there were a bunch of names that we had thrown around and some of them good, some of them bad. Monkey knife fight is a Simpsons reference. If you didn't know. Oh yeah. Mr. Burns, Mr. Burns has a, has a yacht that sails in international waters. And when he's on that boat in international waters, he has monkey knife fights. As Homer Simpson once said there, I believe there are no, there are no simple joys quite like a monkey knife fight. Right. So you can, you can YouTube or Google that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and so it was one of those names where it was like, ah, monkey knife fight. Oh, that's kind of fun. Um, and, and quite frankly, we had gone through a bunch of different names. And, and I remember waking up the next morning and looking at my phone because we were doing this over Skype and there was like a text message and it said monkey knife fight. And I was like, what the heck is that? Like I didn't, you know, Bill and I were like, oh, well, it happened. So we gave a list of names to, uh, to our designer and Monkey, I mean, he came back with the logo and we were just like, all right, well, I guess our name is Monkey Knife Fight. Like we just fell in love with it. So, uh, so, so, so some tequila um, over Skype over one night um, and obviously coming from two Simpsons fans, um, the Monkey Knife Fight reference somehow got bantered about. I and, love it. Uh, and I do you love the logo. Man. You're not lying. That logo Thank is you. absolutely it's fantastic. A sick logo, man. Absolutely fantastic. So I guess with that though, how do you make sure people understand what your company is? You know, like sometimes when like the name is so far away from what you do, there's a, like a huge learning process and everything involved. What do you guys do to make sure that, I mean, do you just draw them in with the logo and then explain what you do? Because if someone just said monkey knife fight, I don't know what I would assume on. Yeah, but if you if you go to the website, we try and make it extraordinarily easy. Like we just want people going to the website because if mm -hmm. you're a sports yeah. it, you you're like, oh, I get it, right? Mm -hmm. So that's why we did it. Like the, the fact of the matter is, you know, draft. You know, not to say like DraftKings. You know, you know, you you can go like DraftBall. You know, draft what like <laughs> who the hell cares? Um, the thing about DraftKings too is like, especially with now them pivoting to barely even. I don't even see them do any advertising especially i'm here in new jersey where everything's legal i don't see them do any advertising for the actual drafting of players anymore now everything's just for the sports book yes so it's kind well, of ironic that like they don't even their name barely even references what they do anymore no, they do sports because they do so much more well and they've spent 10 yeah. years and millions of dollars hundreds of millions of dollars marketing like they know they're not getting any new fantasy players mm -hmm. so let's go for sports betting like yeah that's cool. I get it, but just fine. That's exactly where we come in, right? <laughs> Excuse me. I just think it's funny that you don't draft anymore at DraftKings. You pick it's games true. as yeah. like, sports betting. So I, I don't well, know. Well, if, if, you, if, you, if you're living in New Jersey or yes, one yeah, other, exactly, live in, right? Yeah. And that's and that's the other misnomer. A lot of North Americans, quite frankly, think that sports gambling is legal now. Well, it's not. Like, Twenty-one states, I think. But mobile sports gambling is only, I yeah. believe, in nine, right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, this is the whole point. Like, Monkey Knife Fight's available in 30 states, and we're working on getting our DFS licenses and some of the others because it's it just everything happened so quickly. We just didn't, you know, there's certain states have certain regulations, and you need certain, mm -hmm. you know, certain code and, and certain kind of back-end administrative, 
kind of brick and mortar things to get access into certain states. So it's just that stuff all just has taken so much time that unfortunately we're not in New Jersey yet. We're not in Tennessee yet, but we're applying. So we will get there very soon. And quite frankly, we've built this business without even having an app yet. We're, we're still finishing up polishing our app to get it into the app store. Um, so we, you know, we have like, you know, we're, we're, we're close to a hundred thousand users and we've done over $40 million in entries on our mobile site and our desktop. Like, so we have a really nice mobile website, but we don't, haven't even launched our app yet. So obviously, yes, we're very excited about that. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think that, you know, we just want people going to our site because we want people curious, what is Monkey Knife Fight? Like we'll give out t-shirts and hats. We want people to say, what the heck is Monkey Knife Fight? Because when you hear the name, eventually you're gonna be like, oh, I'm gonna go check it out. And we think that if you're a sports fan and you see Monkey Knife Fight, you're like, oh, that looks fun. That looks, that looks easier than picking 10 players and dealing with math salary caps and competing. Again. Ah, I'm just going to now pick three players, do some props. I like it, you know? Easy enough, man. And uh, if anybody out there listening, we have to assume that you've done some sort of prop plays, some sort of sports gambling, some sport, sort of DFS. You have a couple bucks on the line. It makes everything so much more enjoyable. No everybody question likes, about it. Everybody likes a little bit of a sweat, you know what I mean? Exactly. Just a little bit. Not too, I, I personally don't like too much, but just a little bit. Definitely, uh, you know, keep, keeps me watching those 35-point blowouts a little bit. So I always well, and that's that. why I like the free game on sign-up. Man, you sign up a Monkey Knife Fight for free today. Go play a Counter-Strike game. It's free. Why not? And the cool thing about Counter-Strike and League of Legends is on the Monkey Knife Fight site, after you enter a contest, you can actually watch, you can actually stream the Counter-Strike match on our site so That's awesome no it's it's awesome and 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 you know i wasn't a massive esports guy but man counter-strike and league of legends i mean league of legends is a little bit more complicated there is an amazing league of legends documentary on netflix to learn a little bit more but on counter-strike it's a much easier game to kind of understand from a sports gaming perspective and with that I, I apologize. I was going to let you go, but that's really interesting. Are you guys going to be able to do that with any of the traditional sports as well moving forward, the streaming within the app or within the site? No, probably not. No. Okay. Cause I know, I think what uh, FanDuel started doing that with hockey right before it got shut down. Like if you bet on a game or if you started to pick some players, you could then watch within the app, which is kind of cool. So that's just out of curiosity, but Nick, this has been absolutely fantastic. Um, I don't need to keep you any longer. I love what you guys are doing. We obviously love over here what you're doing at, at uh, Win Daily, what you guys are doing with Monkey Knife Fight. I think we're gonna we're gonna do this thing together. Let's keep growing. And as he said, promo code Win Daily, get free fifty bucks. What's wrong with that? Who's gonna be angry? No one. No one will Nobody. be angry at all. Love Michael, it. thanks, man. It was a true pleasure. I really enjoyed this. Sorry, I, I talked too much. Hey, man, you're perfect. Thanks so much, Nick Solsky, Monkey Knife Fight president. Have a wonderful day, everybody.